Praise God. God is good. No, it's, I, <coughs> I take communion at home a lot. And especially, you know, when it gets, when people are fearful about sickness and disease. And I just take communion and I settle it with God where nothing's going to touch me. And, you know, that's what we should be doing. We're children of the, most, of the Most High God. And we need to remember that healing is in the covenant. And so when we take communion, we, communion, we remind God of what he has said about healing, that healing belongs to us. And so it's important. Just don't have to do it here once a month. That's not enough. <laughs> take it at home. You know, when things are, are, are going around and all the fear-mongering and the stuff, just, I just say, Lord, I'm not fearful. I'm taking this as the bread and the body of Jesus and I'm taking the blood and I'm settling it. It's settled that I am healed and that's that. Okay? Come on. We've got to, be, we've got to believe in our covenant. We've got an amazing, an amazing covenant with Almighty God and we've got to be strong in the covenant and know the words of the covenant and the promises of the covenant. Amen? Okay. So, okay, good. I want you to be a bit loud today. So... Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm talking about being measured by God. So the question is, how does God measure us? Well, firstly, we've got to be found in Christ, of course. You have to be found in Christ. Without Christ, there is nothing to measure. And secondly, we're called to live by faith in the Son of God. He measures our faith. To be born again, we put our faith in Jesus Christ, don't we? That's when we are born again, we have faith in him and what he did on the cross. But once we're born again, God measures us by our love. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 13, 1 and 2, it says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but I have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. Now, Jesus said the world would know us by our love, how we love. But also the word of God does say, without faith, it is impossible to please him. That's true. But you have to remember, faith works through love, in Galatians 5, 6. And so, husbands, your first call is to love your wives. If you know the word of God, that's true. If you've got a wife, <laughs> your first call is to, you to love your wife as Christ loves the church. And wives, your first call is to respect or honour your husbands. You know, a woman needs to feel loved and a man needs to feel respected. Would that be right? Yes. Just agree anyway, whether you do or not. <laughs> so to show respect is to, to love your husband. So 1 Corinthians 8, 1, it tells us love edifies up or builds us up. And so God is measuring the body of Christ today for we're entering into amazing days where God's glory is going to be re revealed in all the earth. And it's closer than when I last mentioned that up here in the pulpit. It's even closer. And I, I talk about this a lot, as you would know. So... Um, there's many in the body of Christ that are asleep. Many in the body of Christ are asleep. But we really are entering these days of God's amazing glory that's going to be revealed through you and me. 
and others in the body of Christ. So there's no excuse to be asleep, is there? There's no excuse at all. We've got to listen to not only what we're feeling in our hearts, but what you're hearing from the pulpit. You know, we've had, you know, we have, we're blessed to have you know, a, a good number of speakers, um, preachers in this church. You know, we're blessed. I know some churches and pastors, they struggle because they're the only preacher in the, in the house. And if they go away, it's a problem. You know, they've got to try and find somebody to step in. But I'm, we're so blessed, and we have always have been, to have good preachers in this house. And that's really, it, the, I'm really so thankful about that. So, you know, listen to them. Listen to what's been brought out. Because God's trying to prepare you for these days. Listen to what has been said, seriously. These are going to be the days of great power and glory. Man, we've seen touches of it through the years, a lot of it. But uh, this, that's, what we've seen is nothing to what we're going to see. So if you are spiritually asleep, God is trying to wake you up. He wants you to wake up. In Matthew 25, it talks about the ten virgins. And they're an example for us. They're all waiting for the bridegroom to come. And he's delayed, as you know the story. And uh, so in the meantime, uh, they, they fall asleep because he's delayed. And probably we could say quite a few in this church have fallen asleep. I think they're still sleeping, actually, because they're not here. <laughs> so um, so there's a, you know, they're waiting for the bridegroom to come. Five slept to... You know, they slept through, and when the call came, they jumped up. Five weren't ready. They weren't prepared. Five were. They had oil in their lamps and oils, extra oil with them. And the five of them said to the other five, they said, can we have some of your oil? Our lamps are going out. But they said, no, you, no, left out. We don't have enough. And so, you know, this is something that individually you have to make a choice. Am I going to be ready for this day? When the, when the God's power and his glory comes, am I going to be ready? And I hope you will say yes. It's really important that we wake up because it's a, it's a time of great awakening and the coming of the glory of God. So what counts most in what God wants from us is love. We've got to be motivated by God's love. If we love the bridegroom, Jesus Christ, we will make sure we're ready for the greatest show on earth. <laughs> it's going to be the greatest show. He's about, Jesus Christ is about to show his bride off to this world, to the whole earth, Our, his future bride. And if you're a male, that, just get over it, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so he's coming for a glorious bride without... <laughs> without spot or wrinkle, okay? Isn't that good? No, a glorious bride without spot or wrinkle. And so it's not enough just to be saved. We need to be in a continual state of growing and being changed from glory to glory. Doesn't the word say that? We're being changed from glory, one degree of glory, to a greater degree of glory, to a greater degree of glory. And so and that when you come to church, it's, God's putting things into you and you're being changed, and you're, you're, the glory has been added to your spirit, filling you up. So, you know, people think, oh, church is not really important. It is. It's very important. 
Why would God tell us not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together and even more so when you see the day approaching? It's like Christians think, well, I don't need to now. You know, I've got everything on YouTube and everything. <laughs> yeah, that's a great supplement, but it can't be the be-all and the end-all. You're never going to be sharpened watching on YouTube. You know, you're never going to... It's when you're rubbing up with people that you get sharpened. Isn't that right? You know? <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> yeah. So I see a few rubbing up to your neighbour there. <laughs> okay, so... Um, so we've got to be in that continuous state. Paul challenged the believers in Corinth. He said in 1 Corinthians 3, verse 3, for you are still carnal... Do you know what that is? Freshly, like the world. For where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? You know, just in other words, someone who's not even born again. You're behaving as though you're not part of the body of Christ. When there's divisions, listen to this. He didn't, you know, the funny he chose this. Envy, strife, and divisions among you. You're carnal. If, you live, if there's strife in you and envy in you and you're causing division, I tell you what, you're just a carnal Christian. <laughs> a carnal Christian. And you don't want to be carnal. You want to be spiritual. So God is challenging us. This is a challenge for the church. And this is a challenge for every person who calls themselves a believer in Jesus Christ. There should be no envy, no strife, no divisiveness in our lives within the church nor outside. So how we live and how we speak and how we behave should make us stand out as born-again believers. It's a bit like Where's Wally? You know that book? <laughs> the Where's Wally book? If you don't know, Wally is a, is a guy there with this hat on with a pom-pom and a scarf, always dressed the same. And then and there's these books out and you've got to try and find where he is and there's all these, you know, like a hundred people and they sort of dress a bit like him. And it's hard to find Wally. It really is hard to find where's Wally. And sometimes it's hard to find where's the Christian. <laughs> Isn't that true? We're out in the world. Spot the Christian. What, where's the difference? There should be a huge difference. They should know us by how we love, by how we live, by how we talk, by how we act. Isn't that right? We should be quite, we should be different. We should be standing out. Absolutely. We stand for truth. We stand for justice. We stand for righteousness, unity, and love. That's who we are. We were seeing that, Dad. It's who we are. We're a lot of things. If you're a believer in Christ, we're, you are a, a lot of things. And we need to live and speak and behave so that we stand out as a Christian. You know, it's like we're too scared. No. Good. <laughs> That's good. So we've got to be the voices for righteousness. We are the seekers of truth, biblical truth, and, and truth out there in the world scene. We're out for truth. And you won't find it in the news media, let me tell you. And you won't be taught it in schools. You may be some truth, but, you know, there's, there's so much garbage being taught to kids in schools, uh, believing falsehoods. If we believe falsehoods and lies, it's dangerous. It is absolutely dangerous because it contaminates your soul. And the truth and lies cannot coexist. 
It says the truth shall set you free. Lies and deceit will never set you free. And so we have to be careful what we listen to and what we believe. And, you know, it's very important. So as believers, we should be leading the world. We should be leading the way in the world. And I don't care what your political persuasions are, you should be very concerned about the direction we're heading in as a nation right now. You know, they're working on a, to pass a law called hate speech. It's directed at you and me, the believers, those who believe the word of God. And we've seen it in other countries where it's in play already. And it's those who will stand up for righteousness and truth and justice. They're the ones. That's what the hate speech is against because they know we expose darkness. We expose sin. And they want to be comfortable in their sin. Isn't that a terrible thing? So that's in the pipeline, folks. You better be praying for our nation. Um, you know, God's moral values have now been labelled as hateful. Suddenly people will be accused of being called some sort of phobe. You know, you're a something that rather phobe. No, I'm not. The only phobe I am is a Jesus Christ phobe, if you want to have a, have a name. You know, or you're sexist or you're racist. We're not. You know, there, there's no, there should be no division in our nation. We, we're, we're one as a nation. Yes, we have different nationalities, but we're one. Isn't that right? And we can, we can live and enjoy each other's cultures and all of these things and honour one another. Isn't that so? So marriage has been totally devalued and it is really considered an option in these days. But in God's eyes, marriage between a man and a woman is one of the most valued covenants on earth after God's covenant with us through Jesus Christ. That's how strong this is. That's why Satan hates marriage because marriage is supposed to be a picture of Christ and his church and he hates it. He, God instituted marriage in the Garden of Eden. He said, let ma a man leave his father, let a man leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and they shall become one flesh. And God blesses it. That's what God blesses. So Satan, he attacks everything that is of God. Everything. He hates all of God's values and so do the people who are controlled by him. And sadly, there's quite a few, <laughs> quite a few people. But we, the body of Christ, we must stand up to Satan and his lies, resist him, and he will flee, live without fear, live without fear of man. Remember, the righteous are as bold as a lion, and lions are pretty bold. So the word of God it needs to be in our hearts and in our mouths. And if you do not know God's word, you're going to be weak and defenseless against Satan. Jesus defeated Satan in the wilderness with the word of God. Every time when he was challenged, uh, Jesus spoke the word of God back to Satan and Satan had no answer. Satan hates the word. He hates the Bible. He really does. He's scared. You will hunger for God's word and you'll study it and you'll learn and you'll become strong in him and you'll defeat Satan with the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. 
He's terrified that you're going to take that word and declare its truth and cause his plans and his um, schemes to fail and to be brought down. So there are powerful frequencies in the word of God, as you know. And when they're released from the believers, they are so powerful. They form a spiritual sword. They're really, really powerful. And those frequencies you release from your mouth, they affect two realms, the spiritual realm and the natural realm. You know, in the physical realm, certain frequencies can shatter glass, can't they? When they get to a certain frequency, glass or crystal shatters. It's caused because the molecules start to jump around and they're trying to get in, you know, trying to get in sync with the frequencies that are coming at them, but it shatters them. And that's what it is when the Word of God speaks and, the, and it gets into the works of the enemy and it, it starts to rattle and shake all the atoms until it, it explodes and it defeats Satan's plans. Isn't that cool? So in sickness, when you speak life to sickness and speak the word, you speak the word into situations, you can change them with the frequencies that are in that. The frequencies are so powerful and real. They are real. See, life and death are in the power of the tongue. Isn't that right? So when, you, when you're speaking and you're, you're, you know, you're angry and you're speaking and bad things, you're releasing the wrong type of frequencies. You're bringing death. There's death in those frequencies. You'll shatter. It's like, the, like uh, that high note will be death to that, that um, crystal. And it's like when we speak wrong words, not contrary to God's word, we're speaking negativity and doubt and unbelief and fear, then what you're doing, you're, you're, you're going to destroy the very thing that God wants you to be or want, wants you to have. So it's important you get the word in your mouth and you start speaking the word and releasing those right frequencies into situations. So... <clears throat> Got to find out where I'm up to now. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. So if we love God, we love his word. We'll love the truth. And God is not confused in any manner of the word. Uh, but we have a generation of, of confused people. How did that happen? The church stopped preaching church. Truth, I mean. The church stopped preaching truth. You know, going back a long way. It became just a, a nice message, nice sounding words, but not powerful words, not words to change people's lives. Or it preached a, the church preached a lifeless message, a lifeless gospel with no power and no spirit, never challenging sin. Or if they do, it, all it does is condemn people and they're left in their sin instead of showing them the way out of sin because we don't want to be condemning. We're here to bring life. So my answer to all of that would be you're sending people to hell with lifeless messages. Jesus died for the sinner. If certain behaviour and attitudes that God calls sin, but the world calls acceptable, how will people know they need a saviour? Isn't that true? If you believe anything you do is fine, it's okay, why would you need a, need a saviour who will forgive you your sins? That's all part of Satan's plans. Education has taken everything to do with God out of science, out of social issues, out of health education, 
Instead, it teaches evolution where there is no, no creator. I remember that being, seemed to come, and I don't know whether it came in my time with this whole evolution thing, I'm not sure when it started, but I remember my science teacher, good on him. He said, <laughs> he says, I don't believe we evolved from monkeys. <laughs> he says, I don't believe, he stood up there and said, I don't believe in evolution. I thought, good on him. That was really good. But, you know, kids have been taught evolution or, you know, what did you come from? It used to be we came from apes, but they never thought, told us where apes came from. Then we came from a bit of slime that, <laughs> a bit of slime that came out of a pond. Where did the slime in the pond come from? I mean, let's think about it. Where did the earth come from? It's just so stupid. You have to be dumb to believe it, don't you? I mean, it doesn't even make sense. Does any of that make sense? Of course there's a creator. Everything. I mean, I don't know anything about pi. I wish Lisa was here. Pi. P, is it P-H-I? I don't know. Pi. Not pi. P-I-E. Pi. P-H-I. It's a, it's a mathematical thing. P-I, is it? P-I. Everything. I was listening to this man talking about... He, he's, he has this brilliant mind. Talking about everything. Everything. Even the, even the little snowflakes. Every little thing is all tied in with pi. Now don't, don't ask me to explain it beyond that. <laughs> but that's pretty amazing, isn't it? It's a little mathematical thing. God's the greatest mathematician. How he created it. Says he, he, weighed, you know, he weighed the oceans in his hand. And how did he put the stars out there so they don't all bang into each other and disappear? How come we're all hurtling through space and the stars are in the same place? And the moon's still there. I don't know. God did it. That wasn't, that wasn't just by accident or some crazy explosion. God did it. He's the creator. <clears throat> he, his, his, brain is, I don't, his brain is nothing like our brain, a little bit like our brain, perhaps a little tiny bit. He's, got, he's amazing. He is so creative. He is so full of uh, wisdom and, and understanding and all these amazing things. But, oh, no, we're, we're better than him. We evolved. Let's just take God out of everything in education. That's, that's been Satan's plan. He doesn't want us to know there is a creator. Do whatever you feel and don't feel guilty about it. So when people believe there is nothing divine in mankind, that there is no God, then there are no boundaries, no divine direction, people can do whatever they feel is right, and we have chaos. And, you know, God manages... It's really the church somehow keeps nations together. If the church is taken out, which one day it will be, there's going to be utter chaos. But we're here holding that chaos back. But it's really been fighting, and Satan's really been pushing because he's scared about what God is about to do. And so he's, tried, he, he's, he's uh, taken the children... You know, and he, he's put in his words into our children and, and all of these things. So man without God is given over to darkness and they don't even know it. They don't realise that they have removed themselves from a God of love, a God of mercy, of wisdom, power and restoration. A God who knows the thoughts and hearts and the intents of every person on this earth. 
He's a God who wants to bless and to restore, but Satan doesn't want the world to know that. But the intellectuals are so intellectual that they think they are gods. <laughs> they know it all. But little do they realise that they have placed themselves under the influence and control of darkness, Satan and his demonic hordes, and they're serving him. So without God, they've given, given themselves, the Bible says they're given over to a reprobate mind. That means a godless mind without principles or morals. Have you seen that around? And even though God makes himself obvious and known in creation itself, um, people still fight, don't see him. It says in Mark 1, uh, Romans 1.21, because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened, professing to be wise, they became fools. And then in verse 25 it says, who exchanged, these people exchanged the truth of God for a lie. How sad. You exchange the truth about God for a lie. The lies of Satan. And worshipped and served the creature, the things that he made. You know, we worship... Um, <coughs> Give me some ideas. Well, money, of course, is one thing. So, whales. Baby whales. Yeah, this is true. Baby, baby humans don't matter, but baby whales do. Imagine if we went around aborting baby whales. Oh, my gosh, that would be terrible, wouldn't it? And yet it's fine now. A law went through. Our government passed a law on the night, on the very eve of lockdown last year, level four. That eve, when everyone was too busy and frantic getting themselves ready for the shutdown, they passed the most hideous law in the earth. You could now abort a baby up to 14. That's right. Isn't that right? And I, I heard of something, I think it's just too sad to tell about actually that happened in Wellington Hospital. So bad, a doctor says, I can't take this, I'm leaving. That's how bad it is. And if something's born alive, someone's born alive, you cannot, not legally allowed to touch them. Well, stuff that law. You know, stuff that law. Thank God for people like the ones who, who write for life. Those people fighting for the right for life. Dear Lord. Sorry, I'm getting, getting a bit stirred up here. Yeah, I'm allowed. When you hear things like that, I said, oh my God, that is so terrible. When that law came out, when that law before it was, when they were deciding, I was sending off emails to different ones and I was going to the national ones. You know, I thought, well, I'm targeting them. I'll target <laughs> Labour too. And um, I got a, a reply from one of them and I said, the babies will be born, you know, they will be aborted. Uh, you know, full term sort of thing, and they'll be left to die. He just said, oh, yeah, that's absolutely nonsense. He said, that's it. you're wrong, that's not true. Well, I'm sorry, it ha actually has, it is true. And it's, it's, beyond, it's beyond anything human. Absolutely terrible. So, let me just 
Aleluia. I'll sit down. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. God has had enough. And he's bringing into this earth the greatest awakening the world has ever seen. He is weighing the nations right now. Justice shall be dispensed. Righteousness is going to increase. Where will you stand? In your own understanding and in your own righteousness? Or will you stand in God's truth and be clothed in God's righteousness? Yes! Amen. You know, do not believe everything you hear out there in the world. It's whether by those in authority in the land or those who have some more degrees than a thermometer. If they have not given their hearts to Jesus Christ, if they deny there is a God, then according to Romans 1.21, their thoughts are futile and their foolish hearts are darkened. And that's what we've got right now. Isaiah 5.20 says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. Who put darkness for light and light for darkness. Who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. So how does God measure us? By how we love? How we love Jesus Christ and how we love one another? By how we love his word and his truth. Are we prepared to fight for truth? Or are we fearful of the repercussions from society and from the authorities? As I say, I, I honour those people who fight for what's truth and what's life. Bob McCroskey is a great fighter for truth. Amazing. There's some wonderful people out there fighting, being ridiculed, being mocked, being taken to the High Court again to say well, they can't have charitable trust status. What a lot of bull. I was going to use edit, another word, but I'll just say bull. <laughs> I'll stop there. <laughs> so if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, then we come under the authority of God and his word. And his word is the ultimate truth. That's the ultimate truth. When governments bring in laws that break God's laws, then which laws will you acknowledge and bow down to? Whose laws will you submit to? Yes. I could say something there. God's laws always supersede man's laws, regardless of who makes them. We can try and twist God's word to suit our personal desires and our preferences. But if we do... But if we do, God won't tolerate that. He won't have that. He says, be doers of the word, not hearers only. I tell you what, Satan would love to destroy New Zealand. But he's not having this nation. This nation belongs to Jesus Christ. God said, I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the furthest part for your possession. So not only is this Jesus' inheritance, it's his possession. He has a right to possess it and Satan has stolen it. Amen? And so we're taking it back. Amen. We're taking it back. God put you here in 2021 to fight for this nation, to fight for justice, to fight for life, to fight for truth. 
for this nation to be worthy as Jesus' inheritance and his possession, we have to fight for it. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Satan has his own plans for this nation, which is to strip away your rights and your freedom. I sound like a political <laughs> speaker here. <clears throat> I'm not. I'm preaching the word of God. I'm a pastor and I'm preaching the truth of the word of God. It's Satan's plan, his plans for this nation, which is to strip away your rights and your freedom, your freedom of speech, and plans to fill your kids with lies and with fear. Murder babies in the womb and strip away your manhood, men. I'm so glad our men in this church are men. Amen. You're all men. <laughs> There's no confusion. You're all men. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. Hmm. I'm, thank I'm glad we've got the all blacks. They're, they're male, aren't they? You know, they're not... They're, they're, you can't strip away their manhood at all. They're masculine. <laughs> That's the word I'm trying for. They're, mas they're masculine. And I just thank God for the, the men we have in this church. You know, these are the days when, when a man can't even whistle at a pretty girl as she walks down the street. They get offended. I'd be blooming highly like it. <laughs> you can whistle any time you like. <laughs> when I was young, I used to get whistles. I don't get them anymore, but <laughs> a whistle I'd be quite, you know, quite happy with. <laughs> so don't all start whistling, please. Okay. So... There's a new day dawning on us, and it's very close. And God is measuring us in these days. The days ahead will blow our minds. He's about to bring his glory in massive waves. I'm excited. So where do you stand? How will he measure you? Do you love his son, Jesus Christ? Do you love God's word? Do you love truth? Will you fight for truth? Yes. Will you fight for justice? Yes. <laughs> Do you love people? Yes. Do you love your spouse? Yes. Yes. Good. So we need to get 1 Corinthians 13, 1 to 8 in our hearts. How to love. God is preparing us for the most amazing times on earth. He's selecting those who are eager for this new time to manifest. And he's, we are preparing ourselves, those who are preparing themselves to be used by him. Get ready. Prepare your hearts for God. Prepare your, prepare your hearts. It's a time for God's power to be revealed in us. You know, Moses can be likened to a type of church, the church. In Exodus 9.16 it says, For indeed, God speaking... For this purpose I have raised you up, that I may show my power in you, and that my name may be declared in all the earth. He spoke that to Moses. We're a type of Moses. I like to liken Moses to a type of the church. So God is saying, for this purpose I've raised you up, that I may show my power in you, and that my name may be declared in all the earth. 
It says in Psalm 110.3, Will my people, your people shall be volunteers in the day of Amen. your power. Yeah. Hands up who wants to be a volunteer. Woohoo! In the days of God's power. Yes. <laughs> you know, God won't demand us to pay the price for him to show his power in us. He won't demand it. He won't demand us to carry the power. It has to be our personal choice. It is my choice. Yes, Lord, I want to be a volunteer. I want to carry your power. I want to carry your glory. It has to be something we passionately want. It has to be something that makes us fearless in the face of pressure to fit the mould of this world. We won't fit. We just don't fit. I don't fit the mould of this world. I might be in the world, but I'm not of it. I love people in the world, but I'm not of the world. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. You know, it has to be something that makes us fearless in the face of pressure to fit the mould of the world. We have to be so passionate and so full of God that we cry out, Lord, search my heart. If, see if there's anything wicked in me so I can get rid of that and I can be right and pleasing in your sight. We have to be bold and fearless when standing up for Christian values. Be bold, be fearless. Don't be intimidated by Satan and those who are under his influence. Choose this day whom you will serve. I choose God. I don't choose the spirit of intimidation and fear. I choose God. We, we must learn to love and forgive. Learn to submit to God's word and not that of the world. Love truth. Love people. If we don't love God's word, his truth and his ways, we cannot love people the way he wants us to. It's the truth that sets people free. It's the lies that hold people in bondage. Amen. So I'd just like to finish there. And I'd like to have us confess a few things. If you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Saviour, the, I'm going, you know, and you'd like to, I want you to join with us in praying this because I'm going to open it with inviting Jesus into your heart or our hearts. So can we just stand for a, a moment? We can pray this together okay Jesus I invite you into my heart forgive me of all my sin I receive you today as my Lord and Saviour Father God when you measure me I want to be found Loving as you love, forgiving as you forgive. I ask for boldness so I can stand up for the truth. Even if I am ridiculed, give me a hunger and a love for the truth. I want to be a vessel for the Master's use to carry your power and glory in these amazing days on earth.
in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, how could we just have the music? Would be there have the music team up? I just think we should just sing something to really glorify the Lord and make it clear where we stand on things. Amen. Be strong and be bold and be very courageous because God Almighty is with you and all of us. Don't be intimidated. Don't be put off. Be strong and very courageous. Be who God has called you to be. He's called you to be someone mighty for him. That's who he's called you to be. Thank you, Jesus. Let the men be men and the women be women. Amen? So we glorify God. God knew you when you were in your mother. Before you were even in your mother's womb, he knew you. He knew who you would be. He knew exactly who you would be. You were plan, his plan was to be a mighty man of God or a mighty woman of God. He wrote on your soul his destiny for you. And he chose you to be here today. Here in 2021. So you can be ready for this great moment when his waves of glory will come in and come on the earth and come upon our nation. Amen? Amen. The glory of God. God chose you for such a time as this. This is a powerful time to be alive. Don't fall by the wayside. Be strong. Be very courageous. And don't be intimidated by the enemy. Amen? Amen. Amen.